Welcome to the Miles to Memories podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, your host, joined as always by MTM's managing editor, Mark Osterman, and back from his whirlwind trip up to Alaska from As the Joe Flies, Joe Chung. How's it going? Good to see you, Joe. Nice to have you back. Yeah, it's good. I'm in uh, quarantine in New Jersey, so, you know, it all worked out the trip. So, uh, yeah, finally caught COVID, found out when we got back. And so, actually, we're leaving today. We're all clear. But um, four out of the six of us who were eligible picked it up. My wife and my youngest daughter somehow managed not to. So they flew back to Boston from New Jersey early. And I've just been hanging out with my older kids here. But it was, it's was it been super mild. Would not even have known it was COVID if I didn't know COVID was a thing. So, uh, And my dad was the only one we were going to worry about. But he got on Paxlovid and all that. So uh, everything is all good. Got your boost right before school. There you go. Good, good timing. I know. I'm ready to go. I'm super immune now. I'm like, I'm like ready to. I haven't told my wife yet, but I'm about to ask her if I can like book another cruise in October while I'm like bulletproof. <laughs> That's what I thought until I got it the second time, and then I was like, now I'm super bulletproof. But I'll probably get it again in like two months <laughs> until you get it the third time. Yeah. Does this just reinforce what people think about cr- the safety of going on a cruise? Because um, you know, a lot of people I, I know. Uh, and I'm, I'm the wrong person to talk, but a lot of people I know have gotten COVID coming off a cruise ship. So still probably something people should be concerned with or at least, you know, know where their limits are. Yeah, I'm not sure. I really like everyone is getting it from everywhere right now. So I don't know if cruise ships are worse. I will say that um, and I know we're going to talk about the cruise later, but in general, I feel like the place where you get it, at least on Disney Cruise Line, is at the shows because, you know, there's a Frozen show and there's a couple other Broadway style shows on Disney Cruise and those were packed. And the night I think that I contracted it, I think I gave it to the rest of my family. I was like patient zero. But the night that I contracted it, I was like sitting next to this five-year-old girl was like hacking along the entire time and then she passed out on her mom i'm like yo your kid is sick dude why are you here but she was like sitting right next to me and i was like oh gosh and then like sure enough four or five days later you know i'm like oh here i go um and so then by then by then it was like too late i'd pass it on to my family so i do think in general it seems like on cruises most people get it from their families but you know you just need especially with this new variant like you just need one person in your family to get it, and then all of a sudden you all get it. i still don't know how my wife didn't get it she's gonna go test herself for antibodies in like two weeks or something to see if she like got it on the low and just never tested positive. But it was weird. But yeah, I don't know. At least you didn't get stuck in Canada. That was goal. That was the main goal. That was the main goal. And yes, it was successful. I I remember like uh, the worst thing would have been to be stuck in Canada and not go on the cruise. And neither of those things happened. Um, also, I will say for Canada, if, if you're visiting Canada and you feel like you need free uh, rapid tests, they just hand them out for free at the pharmacy so we stocked up on a ton um before we left like every time we went to the pharmacy we picked up a box of five and that ended up working out really well because we needed them when we got back here because we've been testing a lot since we got back just because we want to be negative so that the whole family can integrate and not worry about you know infecting anybody and so we're almost there um which is why we're going home uh tonight although we were originally planning to go home tonight no matter what so uh that brings up an annoying think like you know how you're supposed to be able to get free tests through your insurance company and if you order them through your pharmacy like your online pharmacy and stuff they send them and no problem it's free and you get like eight a month or whatever so when we had the family get together up at the cottage and everybody was like starting my sister had it and then my uh, brother-in-law to suppose i went to like walmart and bought a whole bunch and so we could all test before we went and ate dinner or whatever and um 
So I sent those into Blue Cross Blue Shield of Texas. My wife's uh, company is, you know, uses the bases in Texas. So go to their website. They say, fill out this form, mail in the receipt, and we'll mail you a check or whatever. So I mail it all in and then a month goes by and I message them. I'm like, hey, I sent this in. I haven't seen anything. Is it coming? What's going on? You know, it's like a hundred bucks. And uh, she's like, oh, I don't see anything on your account. You need to send that to your, uh, to the express scripts or whatever, your uh, pharmacy provider. And I was like, what? Like your Blue Cross Blue Shield, I thought it all goes through you or whatever. That's, she's like, no. So I'm like, whatever. I'm just going to eat that. I'm not dealing with that. I don't have the receipt anymore because I mailed it in. It's it's such a pain. But Mark, don't you live like 20, 30 minutes from the Canadian border? Just hop on over there, (laughs) swing by any drug. Like, (laughs) I'm not like you don't even have to ask the the tests are just sitting there next to self-checkout. Do you even have to ring them up or do you just grab them? You don't even ring them up. At first, I thought I was stealing. At first, I thought I was stealing. And like, so I went to the I went to the non-self-checkout and I was like, do I just take these? And she's like, yeah, take as many as you want. And so, and so after that, every time I passed by a pharmacy, I just walked in, went to self-checkout, grabbed, grabbed a box and left. There's, you know, there's just boxes and boxes. So yeah, swing on over. What is it? Windsor? Over yeah. Detroit. Yep. Yeah. So just swing on over to Windsor, there go. grab some tests, gamble a little bit <laughs> to help the local economy. I should bring Everybody them back and, and sell them to get my money back. But it's such a stupid setup. Like if you want these to be free, you know, it should be very easy to just upload a receipt online and they cut you a check because government's going to pay them. Like, I don't know why they made this so difficult. If you don't order it directly, it's very annoying. Or just have the stores not why. charge for them. I don't get it. Yeah, I know why. America. <laughs> America. So how many hundreds harder. of tests did you uh, bring back, Joe? I want to know how many how many different uh, drugstores I mean, you get up. I mean, I think we I think we did it like a dozen times. So we brought back like 60 tests. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like uh Sean flying around all of Europe with his tests and then he didn't end up having to use them to get back to the US. No, I did have to use them for the cruise though, so thankfully it was like it, it did suck to carry them around, but it wasn't a waste. You know what's weird is my upcoming cruise on the Mardi Gras um in early September departs one day before Carnival ends their testing requirements. So we will still have to test for it and uh the day later, nobody will. So that kind of it's just the arbitrary there. selection of date. Like it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, they announced it like a couple week or two ago for September sixth. So it's like almost a month in advance. I don't know what the what the meaning of that is. Why not just get rid of it uh, sooner? But Cause yeah, some some bad luck. <laughs> I wonder if it's like they have to work things out with their partners. Like I remember when Disney World when the they first reopened, they had people taking your temperature every time you go in. And when they announced that went away, it was like two weeks in advance because, you know, those people had been already hired. So I know Carnival, you can test on your own, but I'm sure they have like people at the port to test. So maybe it's a contract thing or something like that. So who knows? My loss is their gain, I guess. I don't know. Don't bring logic here, Joe. We don't want it. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Oh, one more thing about the Canadian tests, though, is that they come in these big boxes. They say negative in in French. (laughs) <laughs> yeah they they come in these big boxes but Chitang. they're very easy to break down and they're very easy to like pack so um you, you are just either, wanting to make the, you, are, you just wanted, wanted to make that joke again mark for just, like weeks you're either shite or not shite <laughs> all right you you you're like we don't want to we don't have we don't want to have an explicit rating on itunes man you're really you're really cutting it close here okay no, we didn't even bring up the bank at the end it doesn't count <laughs> We didn't even bring up the bank. All right. Anyway, moving on. All right. So, uh, Mark, I you you put in the notes here. You have a crazy 
Amex application story that you wanted to talk about. Uh, so, I mean, how could it, isn't Amex like when you apply for an Amex card, isn't that usually like the most non-dramatic application you can make? They don't even usually run your credit. And so, so what happened? Yeah. So I find out why it, it was, you know, normally Amex, if you're not at their limits, like five credit cards or whatever, you can get it immediate, especially if you already have a pre-existing relationship with them. So this was, I, I wrote about it. I referred my um, wife to the blue cash preferred to get 25,000 membership rewards points. She didn't get the sign up bonus. She got the pop-up, but we were okay with doing that to get the points. And then you get $6,000 in grocery spend at 6% which is worth more than the $95 annual fee. But the cool thing is, that since it's calendar year, we'll get $6,000 the rest of the is- this year and spend, and then $6,000 next year and spend. So you really get 12000 bucks for $95. It's a good deal. If you have a pop-up, it's a good workaround if you can spend at the grocery store. Um, so I sent, sent her the referral link, and she signed up. I'm doing air quotations for a podcast. Um, and... Uh, you know, it didn't get it automatically approved. And I was like, well, that's weird. And I went back and checked and she only had three credit cards. So that shouldn't be a problem. And then like two, three days later, it says you've been approved or whatever. And I'm up at the uh, cottage and, and it says your car's been delivered. And uh, so when I get home uh, last night or actually this morning, I opened it up and I pull it out and the card says Mark Osterman. And I'm like, oh, no, did I do a self-referral? I'm going to get shut down. <laughs> So I go like sleuthing. I'm like, wait, let me go to the email that says it card sent. So I go look at the email. It says, Kirsten, your card sent. I'm like, okay. So that's right. And I activate it, go to login. It's not on my login. It's on her login, but it says my name on it. Well, I think I used, you know, the Google autofill for like the address or whatever. And sometimes it will change the names. So put my name in. And even though it's her account, it has her, the card has my name on it and they approved it. <laughs> See, that's what I'm saying. They'll approve so, anything if you're in with them. It's crazy. Wait, so it's so it's your name, but her social security number and her account on the thing, and it's on her login. That's that's not <laughs> that's not going to come back to bite you in six months. Well, hey, when you forgot what how, hey, how, how it happened. Now you can be like Jess. You didn't sign up for two cards because this has my name on it. It's okay. I'm not. I'm not messing with this. <laughs> so I I reach out to Amex via chat, and I'm like, hey, you know, in my wife's voice on chat. Um, I signed up, you know, using my husband's referral. And at first I thought they just like messed it up by my referral, put my name. I don't know. And uh, said, this is what happened. And they're like, yeah, it says your husband's name. Cause that's what you put in on the application for the card name. And I was like, Oh, it must've been the Google form changed it. So they're like, yeah, we can change it on your, to your name on the card. Uh, you just have to agree to this. And it even says like, yes, you can change your name, but if it doesn't match your ID, some places might not take it. So you can basically put whatever name you want on your credit card, I guess. And they're okay with it. They're like, but it will still be tied to your account with your name, like your Amex account. So it still says Mark Osterman, but Kirsten Osterman's account or whatever. So if I call in, but you can literally put anything on there and you can even change the name. Like I found out after, uh, by logging in, but they're like, okay, we changed it to Kirsten Osterman, but we can't send you the new card for 10 days because it's brand new and we can't do that via chat. So you got to come back and chat in 10 days and ask for us to issue you a new replacement card. And I said, well, will this card still work until then? They're like, yeah. So I don't think I'm ever going to go back. I'm just going to use it with my name on it. It works better. <laughs> yeah. Why not? If you're, uh, you're hitting up the spending, uh, too. I, I had that, that autofill thing though, was a good warning to people. Cause I had that happen once 
where it autofilled. I don't know. I I, I want to say I don't think it was the social, but it was something that was like a key piece of information that caused the app to get denied. Um, so yeah, it's definitely good to kind of watch out for that or not use autofill. That's what I've done. I don't use autofill anymore on applications like that because I that's I don't trust what it's going to put in there. Yeah. So I guess that's a workaround too. I don't know. It's it's kind of crazy. I heard of a story of one person put their name uh, on the card for a business card, but then put uh, their their spouse's social security number and that was approved too. And it was a whole big thing, a big mess. So I guess Amex really is the easiest one to get approved. You can put whatever you want on there. I did do that back in the day too. Did you guys ever, you know, back in the day, I would go back and forth between apps, like doing app sprees for my wife and me. And so I'd go apply for a card for me, apply for her, apply for me. And then, of course, I was bound to happen that one time I was applying for a card with Barclays and totally, you know, put my name and her social or vice versa. And uh, yeah, it, met, it got like fraud alerts. They locked up all of our Barclays accounts and everything else. But it was like a big thing to fix. And it was just me typing out the stuff. So now I only do like if I'm doing applications, I only do all of my applications and then all of hers. Like I don't mix back and forth. Um, I don't know. Dumb mistakes, but it's bound to happen if you're doing it enough. Yeah, it was after our four Bank of America card sign up. So I was probably just like all over the place at that point. Yeah, I even did that the other day. I signed up for some business cards from Bank of America and same day I was so paranoid about mixing them up that I did them separately. Like I, I even waited like 20 minutes in between them. I'm like, all right, like just get get the Sean information out of your head and the Jasmine information into your head. Um, I don't know, but uh, I've only done it the one time, thankfully. That was a long time ago. Joe, you ever screwed up uh, an application? I'm sure you probably haven't talked about it at some point. Yeah, I definitely have. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I definitely have stopped autofilling for credit card applications. I always type everything in. Of course, then typing it in, I'm like worried I'm going to type the wrong thing in, but put the wrong social security number, like put my wife's social security number when it's mine, back when she used to let me apply for a bunch of cards for her, you know, put her, put my social security for her number, you know, just mix it up all the time. So it is... I find that these days, although you like to, one would like to apply for credit cards impulsively, it is very important to be a very sound mind when you're filling out the credit card applications <laughs> when you have too many. Don't do it late at night. Run into trouble. Benji, don't do this. it late. At, yeah, don't do it after 1 a.m. Nothing good happens after 1 a.m. Remember that, everybody. And the, the really trippy thing is my wife and my social security number, the last four digits are the exactly the same, just like in a different order. So that really messes me up whenever they're like, Please enter your last four digits of your social. And I'm like, wait, which one is it? <laughs> oh, that is a that is a little bit of a twist to just mess you up. Even more reason not to to be of sound mind when you're uh, when you're doing it. If it's past noon, I'm not of sound mind. So there we go. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Never of sound mind. All right. So we talked last week about briefly, I think, about the rumored Marriott cards. That there's two new sort of mid tier, rumored to be two hundred and fifty dollar annual fee. Marriott Bonvoy cards coming. Um, I know one of them's Bevy because I can't get that name out of my head. Um, but, you know, these are still not confirmed by Chase and American Express. But I guess we were going to talk about uh, what we would like to see in these cards. It's always hard when, doesn't it seem like mid-tier used to be like a $100 annual fee? When did that become like a, you know, a $250 annual fee? And now, you know, instead of like a no annual fee and then, a, you know, like a $100, $95 annual fee and then a, a premium card, now we have like, They've added additional segments in there. And I guess the good question is, how are they going to differentiate that to make it, you know, make sense in between their top cards and their bottom cards? 
And with Marriott, are they even going to do that? Is it just going to be a $250 card that doesn't give you much? Well, that's the, and that's the other weird thing we've seen is like uh, with City and Chase and stuff, their lower tier cards actually earn better. Like the Sapphire Preferred is a better earning card than the Sapphire Reserve and the City Premier is way better than the City Prestige for most things. So it's kind of weird. Like they almost want to make them complimentary, but sometimes they just put the same stuff like, hey, you can earn three times restaurant on your preferred, your freedom, your reserve, but you get 10% more with the preferred. It doesn't make a lot of sense. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they try to separate it, you know, from the brilliant. And then there's also, of course, the rumor of the brilliance fee going up. So maybe that plays into this some. I would like to see some type of a grocery or gas bonus on it maybe to differentiate it so you could for a reason for carrying both but uh, i don't know what that would be, be like maybe like three or four times like they have on the business card yeah i think uh grocery would be good i mean i one of the reasons you know that the surpass card with hilton is so good um is you know the ability to earn grocery points and get them at a decent value especially compared to other cards i mean yeah I mean, the brilliant what is the annual fee right now 450 dollars um, so if this comes in, it's it's like, to your point, maybe they're just going to raise the price just to make the $250 card look more appealing. Um, I don't know. I mean, what is the, the, the brilliant earn? 6X at Bonvoy, 3X on restaurants, and then uh, 2X everywhere else. So it's not yeah, great on the earnings side. On airlines, which isn't good either. Yeah. Yeah. And you get gold status, which, you know, doesn't give you much of anything in my experience. I don't know if either of you have experienced gold status with Marriott, but it's not. Yeah. Anything so that, to home about. Well, I guess if maybe if they up the brilliant annual fee, it'll go to like platinum status because the two hundred fifty you can't give silver status. You get that with the ninety five dollar card, right? So, and gold you get with the brilliant. So, what do you get? What status are you going to give with this two hundred fifty dollar card? So maybe that is why they would up the fee and just give people you know similar to the aspire card, give them top you status. Get, you get titanium with two fifty and just gold with the four fifty. You know, it all makes sense. <laughs> That's where they're no, going. No, but I mean, they've been historically pretty stingy with status, though, uh, on their credit cards. It would make sense, weird. especially. Yeah. It sucks. Here's a sweet upgrade that you can wipe your butt with that you can't ever use. I mean, to be fair, the other, their competitors aren't really giving, you know, uh, status with uh, with their premium cards. They don't have a premium. To be fair, like, the, the other competitors aren't really giving status other than Hilton, which is giving you their diamond status. Um do you think that they'll do better with like maybe spending offers on these cards? Like, you know, we saw Chase add all kinds of interesting things with some of their product lineups this year. Do you think that that could be an an opportunity? Like maybe spend up for more sweet night awards or club access awards, things like that? Yeah, I was going to say that I think the banks have gotten very clever about you have to spend X money to get this or if you do like basically making hoops to jump through. And so I wouldn't be surprised if this $250 card has better perks, but you have to do certain things to unlock it, which, you know, will cause breakage and cause people to have to figure out how to plan their spending and stuff like that. But I, I we have been seeing this trend. And, you know, I think with the further segmentation of the annual fees, like you said, they're, they're going to have to find something to give you, but they can't give you something that's better than the 450 version. So the way to do it is to give you something that makes that you have to jump through hoops through to get, which it's all pretty annoying. And um, just going back, 
it's because Amex started charging $700 annual fees that, you know, we have this space for this to the moon. medium tier now. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it's I, a good point. I was going to say, you know, they, they have the 60 K free night spend on the brilliant card, which is like, who's going to go for that. But maybe they roll out something like a 20 or 30 K spend for this one, you know, similar to how surpass is 15 K, but the aspire has, I think it's 30 K. Uh, for the free night spend so they get there is like precedent there that they could come out with a decent free night spend i mean if they added let's say they did three times gas and grocery in a 20k free night cert i think that would be really enticing to people and but does that cannibalize people from the brilliant card the other thing possibly they could do is you know uh, a credit we saw with the uh with the premium card, they're doing away with the $300 annual credit and they're divvying that up as coupon. $25. Yeah, like a coupon thing. So I would expect maybe we'll see maybe a lesser version of that. Um, but I think you're right. Having a, a nice spend threshold that's in line with what like Hyatt and Hilton does on their, you know, sort of mid-tier cards or their non-premium cards would be would be good. 15000 in spend for a free night or, you know, at least uh, something along those lines. I don't because- know. It's interesting. Yeah, even IHG brought out the 20K bonus point spend, and then they kind of nerfed the whole program two weeks after they, they rolled it out with, oh, you're not going to get this anymore, you're not going to get that anymore. But they still have that, at least for cardholders, and they revamped their spending, uh, so you're earning in better categories and stuff. So I think they got to do something with the earned categories for sure, and then I wouldn't be surprised to see some type of spending bonus. But I also think part of this is Marriott has such a diverse range of properties and you know they have so much opportunity and i think they have a really big built-in customer base so i wonder how they've never felt the need to be very aggressive with their credit cards so i wonder if this is you know going to be anything good or it's just going to be you know they feel like they need this card so they're going to put it out and it's not going to be particularly attractive because they think people will apply anyway yeah let me apply uh with no restrictions for cards that i've had in the past and you know i'll i'll get it if, if, if uh, you know, my Starwood business from seven years ago doesn't disqualify me for it, for the Amex version. Yeah, the the, the rules are just stupid. And the, the and we talked about this last week with it being between two banks is just kind of crazy. All right. Well, we'll see. We do believe these cards are coming. So uh, we'll cover more on it when it comes out. And uh, hopefully there'll be some interesting stuff that they shock us with. But I'm not holding my my breath there. All right, Joe, let's talk Alaska, Disney Cruise, what you've been doing the last couple of weeks other than recovering from COVID, all the fun stuff that you did. Um, I think we kind of talked a little bit about the cruise before you went, but do you want to give some background on, you know, booking it, exactly what ship you did, the itinerary, all that? Yeah, so the Disney Cruise Line only has five cruise ships right now, uh, unlike, you know, all the other cruise lines. And so the Disney Wonder is what sails out of Vancouver um, to Alaska. And so we went from Vancouver and then spent a day in the Inside Passage, which is actually pretty calm. I was worried about, you know, being out in the Pacific Ocean or whatever, but actually because, you know, there are islands and you sail between the mainland and the island, it is very calm. And we had a veranda. So actually my favorite thing to do was just to enjoy the scenery. Um, you know, like Sean talked about a couple of weeks ago, the scenery in Alaska is just spectacular. And we got really lucky. Those 
of you who listen probably know I was supposed to go in July. My friends went. It rained every single day. Um, we didn't see rain until like our last day. So uh, we really lucked out in the weather, even saw the sun a bunch of times. So beautiful views going up the inside passage. And then we went to go visit uh, a glacier. It was Sawyer Glacier. Um, that was really cool just to watch icebergs floating by. Although I was like, I don't know if you felt this way, Sean, but I was like, maybe you guys should like avoid some of these bigger chunks like a little more you know they, they seem a little cavalier going through yeah they did seem i thought had the same thought i'm like well they must know what they're doing right i mean the, the, you know they might they must be able to to get through this ice and they must do this all the time so i kind of just trusted uh that we would all be okay and it worked out but it is a little strange to see ice all over the water was it celebrity or princess that uh busted up the propeller on an iceberg or something yeah it was like the week before my cruise too uh, i forget which ship it was but yeah, absolutely, they did. Did they fish the ice out of the water and turn them into margaritas like they did on the uh, the smaller tour? They they do it on the smaller tour. So my wife and my daughter went on a smaller tour to get closer up to the glacier. And so, yeah, they did. So, uh, yeah, my daughter had a margarita. She said it was really good. So, no, I'm just kidding. But uh, Well, yeah, they, made so, kids, they made kids ones on the one I was on. Yeah, yeah, they do. They do. So glacier ice. Um, yeah, and that's where my daughter saw a brown bear. Um, that's the only bear. Actually, I think I saw a bear like in passing, but I, I didn't get a good look at it. Um, anyway, so we went to, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> oh, we did see a lot of bear poop, actually. <laughs> it's all over the place. Um, <laughs> anyway, so uh, we went to three ports, uh, Skagway, um, which really they don't do anything there except for tourism. Uh, and then Juneau, um, which is where we saw all the bear poop and Ketchikan. Um, and so we did a mix of doing excursions through Disney and uh, on our own. I think the one thing that worked out really well is in Ketchikan, we took Disney's itinerary and then we just rented a van, which was $200, which is expensive for a van for a day. But considering that the tour that Disney was running was going to be $100 per person, you know, and there were seven of us, uh, we saved a ton of money by just renting the van and just going about Ketchikan on our own. Um, and that worked really well. I would say that what we really loved about Disney Cruise Line, though, again, I, I thought I was going to like the excursions more, um, and they were cool. Uh, you know, we, we got to, like, pet sled dogs, and, you know, we ended up not going on the glacier thing because the glacier was melting or whatever, thanks climate change. Uh, but it's it's too late in the season, so. It's because you know, they needed spend... more of it for your drinks, that's why. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. They put it in the drinks. Um, so we didn't have to spend $700 on that um, for two of us. Um, but we did do a sled dog thing where like they hooked the dogs up to a like a cart and we got to ride on a cart with them and meet the dogs. Um, that was fun and hold some puppies. That was really cool. Uh, we did that in Skagway. We took there's a scenic train in Skagway. Um, we did that for my son. I like napped most of the time. It's like a three hour train ride. It is long, um, but he like enjoyed like every single second of it. And he, and he like somehow finagled his way. Like when we were done, he was like looking longingly at the train and the conductor invited, invited him up to engine and stuff like that. So, uh, he had a great time. Um, and, and then the other nice thing that was happening was that while we were there, the salmon were running. Um, so we got to see a bunch of salmon. Oh, I'm so sad. We missed them by like just a couple of weeks and yeah, yeah. It, I, it, I saw pictures that looked amazing. Uh, but yeah, we just missed them. Yeah, it's really cool. So um, there are these hatcheries where they actually like train the salmon to go to the hatcheries. And so it's like a half fishing, half keeping nature alive um, situation. Um, and so, yeah, so these salmon are like going up these hatchery and then these 
these harbor seals they're just hanging out outside the hatchery it's like fishing a barrel for them like literally they're just picking the fish out of um these pens that they're swimming up um so that was cool so a lot of nature but yeah like i was gonna say uh being on the ship was the best part disney does a really good job of activities that the whole family can do so you know uh, my daughter my oldest daughter was really into it um like stuff like folding towels and folding napkins stuff that i could not care less about but she really enjoyed that um animation stuff where you know they were drawing uh, origami like all that kind of stuff she filled up you know we had two sea days really three sea days including the glacier and she filled up her entire day just doing those activities whereas my son he was at the kids club non-stop playing video games um i guess they had like marvel lego right? Like Avengers oh, Lego. Yeah. And yep. so he was telling that. me about that like every single day. He's like, oh, every time it's about to be my turn, you come to pick me up. And I'm like, sorry, dude, you need to eat. Like, what, what do you, you want? You can play video start? games when we get home. I didn't spend $10,000 for you to play video games. <laughs> well, he cannot play video games. Well, yeah, I've been letting him play video games because he has COVID. But uh, uh, I was like, I was like, Jess, should I buy this Marvel game to play with him? But it's pretty good. It's nuts. a fun game. I, I played it with the kids on the back in the Xbox 360 days. Yeah, so maybe I'll do that. And then my third kid, my youngest daughter, she's the one who's like super into princesses. And I was I was a little sad because I think this is the last time that she's going to think that they're real because um, she's turning five soon. And so when we met the princesses, like we watched a show, the show where I got COVID or whatever, probably. Right. And thanks, Rapunzel kid. was in that. Sh- Coughing kid. Thanks. Yeah. A lot. Thanks, kid. Rapunzel was in that show. And then she she met Rapunzel the next day. And she said to Rapunzel, she was like, she was like, oh, I saw you last night doing real magic. Like she said the words doing real magic. I was like, I don't know what got into this kid. But, you know, that conversation is not going to happen a year from now. Right. Like a year from now, she's going to know Rapunzel's an actor and that she's fake, blah, blah, blah. And so she was like really into that, really into all the princess stuff at the kids club. They have these story times where the princesses come in to tell the story. So she went to every single one of those and I had her do the makeover where, you know, she already had her Elsa dress, but she had a makeover where she did all her makeup and stuff like that. It was like the greatest day of her life. Um, so it was just funny how the three kids interacted with all the stuff on Disney cruise line differently, but everything was top notch. The food was good. You know, we're, we don't have time, but you know, the dining experiences were really excellent as well. Um, and so we really just had a great time overall and definitely, you know, if I'm going to get COVID, after two and a half years or whatever, uh, this this was a worthwhile reason uh, to get it. So okay, all right, I'm gonna put you on the hot seat for two questions. One is it worth the thirty to forty percent increase in pay for you? Or and then secondary question for a uh, non Disney person. Yeah, I would say two things. Um, for Alaska, I would say that like if you're gonna your first splurge for Alaska should be a for a veranda, um, regardless of what cruise line you're going to do uh, on any cruise line, you know, and I would say that Disney is probably like twice as much from a, from a good veranda experience on like a nice cruise oh, line. So I was low on my 30 to 40% more. <laughs> you were a little low for Alaska. You were low. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I would say that like, if you, if you're going to splurge in Alaska, splurge for the veranda first, the Disney aspect of it, for Disney fans, I, I do think it's a no-brainer like at, to at least do it once, Sean, because just that Disney quality of service and every everything, and this is like Disney nerddom, right? But people are complaining about how the quality of cast 
members um, and the and the experience is going down in the parks. Um, it has not gone down at all in my experience on Disney Cruise Line. I'll just give you a quick example. You know, your servers stay with you the entire week, um, and we our servers that we started the cruise with. They were so good with my daughter's dairy and peanut allergy. Like they would put in an order for us for breakfast and lunch the next day, so that we could show up at the restaurants and just be like, "Hey, do you have the Chung order?" And then they would, you know, make that to order for our daughter. That was awesome. But then halfway through the cruise, we actually switched our dining time because um, there are two dining times, like an early one and a late one. We switched the late one because、um, there were less people there, and so we lost our original servers. But every night they still came to visit us because they were in the dining room at the same time. They were just waiting different tables, and they like did magic tricks for our kids and stuff like that. And so you know we really bonded with them. Like that's you know that's stuff that used to happen in the Disney parks a lot more.、It、still happens on the Disney Cruise Line. So that level of service I do think is worth a splurge,、um, definitely for Disney fans、um, and to experience at least once. Now you can do it like a lot cheaper if you're going out of Florida,、um, even on the. Disney Wish,、um, which is the newest ship, which is the most expensive one.、Um, there are things that you can do. They're also the older ships are a lot cheaper now. I mean, it's all relative. But then the last thing I'll say is like, if you're going to bring your, like everyone in America goes to Disney World at least once with their family, right? In general, it is not that much more expensive to do Disney Cruise Line now. Than to go to the Disney parks because Disney parks have gotten ridiculously expensive,、um, and they've gotten more expensive faster than Disney Cruise Line has. So you know, if you are a family that is going to do Disney, say twice in your life, not just once, then do the parks once and try Disney Cruise Line once. I would definitely recommend doing that to have the Disney experience.、Um, and like like sometimes depending, we just did this for Disney Deciphered. We did the we ran the numbers, but like、uh, I think it was like. In this upcoming November, like it's the same cost to go to Disney World and stay in a deluxe hotel or go on Disney Cruise Line,、um, and it's only like a thousand dollars more than if you were staying at a moderate hotel. So, you know, the the math has gotten really. I mean, it's all still stupid Disney math, but it's, yeah, it's crazy gotten, expensive. It's like it's, it's gone from nine thousand to eight thousand. <laughs> but 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 it's like if you're going if you're going.、Um, If you're gonna take your kids to a Disney thing anyway, is what I'm saying, right? Because、yeah, like every family, anyway, yeah, it's gonna, t- and you don't have、yeah. friends that get in free and all that good stuff.、Um, okay, second question: If you had to go back and you can only go back to one place again, would it be Alaska or Vancouver?、Uh, it would be. Well, for how long? It doesn't like, matter. I think I think Alaska overall is more enjoyable because you just. It's tough to say. I don't. I don't know if you felt this way, Sean, but it's like you just don't get views like that. Like that's just not. You know, it, it just doesn't happen. Like Vancouver is beautiful, but there are other cities that are on the coast that are kind of like that. But in terms of like the rugged, natural terrain, like I, it's tough for Alaska to be beat. I don't know. Did that jive with your experience and what you saw in Alaska? I would have said Vancouver. <laughs> Yeah, solely, that's crazy to me. So, that's crazy so, to me. Solely because、uh, Vancouver does have really cool views. It has stuff if you get outside the city. Has a lot of really、uh, amazing nature, but it also has like a cool city. They can do stuff. I just you know, couple after a couple days, I'm like, okay, I want like people and stuff to do and and restaurants that are easy to get into and all that type of stuff. So maybe that's just you know everybody travels a little bit different. But yeah, the beauty in Alaska is unmatched as far as where I've gone to, but. I feel like after a couple of days, you almost get your fill of it. But maybe that's just me. I'm weird. I definitely want to go back to Vancouver, but I think I'd 
give Alaska the edge. Yeah, I agree with you, Joe. I, Vancouver is a fine city, a beautiful city, but uh, I'd rather do the nature too. But there's nothing wrong with Vancouver, so I don't want people out there to think that we're uh, you just that we're Canadians. Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> oh yeah, um, what, one more one more quick story. Uh, my wife and my daughter went rock climbing, and my wife got bit by something that made her ankle swell so much that it looked like it was sprained. Like she couldn't walk for like the last two days of the cruise. So. When you're in Alaska, like we were at the tail end of the season. Um, and so like you don't need as much like I didn't get bit by a single mosquito when I was there. But I guess wherever they went for the rock climbing, she had forgotten to bring her bug spray. And literally there was like an inch of her ankle that was exposed. And that's where she got bit and she couldn't walk for like the rest. Like on, on our on our tour in Juneau, the bus driver dropped us off at a museum and took her back to the cruise because she couldn't walk. So, um, you know, just bring your bug spray. While we're on the subject of Disney Cruise Line, I had one more quick question I wanted to ask. And, you know, right now, because they did just launch the Disney Wish, their brand new ship, which is unfortunately, I think, for customers only sailing like four and five day itineraries out of Florida. So you can't it's go worse. on a proper it's just four and three, oh, four, four and three. three. So yeah. you can't even go on a proper week long cruise uh, on the newest ship in Disney Cruise Line. Um, so right now you can pay for a three or four day cruise what you could pay on some of their older ships, to your point, for a seven day cruise. And um, obviously you haven't been on the wish, but you followed it quite a lot. Uh, what what do you think is a good recommendation for people? Do you think the newest product, what they add on the newest ship on the wish, do you think it's worth going for that or maybe getting a longer experience for the same money on one of their older ships? I think if you're a Mark who is like never cruised before, you want a shorter itinerary no matter what. Yeah, like you I just don't like know. Days. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah. Like you don't know if you can handle seven days like because seven days is a long time right you're just going to be there for the whole time if you enjoy cruising already though i would 100 percent say do a seven day cruise on one of the older ships you know the wish is always going to be there it's only fancy and new this year that's a big deal if you are a regular disney cruise line person like these people who have gone like 10 15 times right they want to go on the fancy new one if you've never been on disney cruise line before you know we went on the wonder which is the second oldest ship and it was still amazing uh, and it was an amazing experience. Didn't feel shortchanged by the ship being old at all. And so, you know, if you know, so I would say either way, you don't need to spring for the newest ship right now, unless, you know, that's something you really want to do or if it's an itinerary that fits because, you know, either do a four day on an older ship. You know, I was looking at some five days out of Miami on the Disney Magic. And again, it's like Disney math and my brain is broken and stuff like that. But it was like $3,000 or something for like a five night on a Disney cruise line. Like that is way better than spending $3,000 for a three night on the Disney wish. So um, yeah, I would definitely say uh, unless you have a compelling reason to try out the new one, the old ships are definitely still worth it and is that, much better value. Is that 3000 per person per, or is that per? Oh no, like for like a family of four. Oh really? Yeah. That's not too bad. Yeah. And they also have two other new ships that are sister ships to the Disney Wish, I think, 2024 and 25. So to your point, the new hotness won't be new forever. And then it'll eventually probably go on week-long, uh, more you know traditional cruise itineraries. But yeah, I, I definitely have to get something booked. I still have my voucher from like a couple years ago. So I think I'm going to get something booked for next year on one of the ships, leaning towards like a week-long cruise on one of the older ships. Which they're not so bad either because their older ships have been refurbished in the last few years and they're also smaller. So if you like smaller ships, 
um, especially the Magic and the Wonder, which are the two original ships, uh, are cool. So, so are yeah, you I, I, are you ditching your plan to do Aluani or whatever in Hawaii with the credit? I want to do it eventually, but I feel like I could probably, by buying DVC points at some point, get a stay there for a night or two for cheaper. And so just do that opportunistically. I don't need to spend a whole bunch of time there. I can stay in other hotels in Hawaii and, you know, spend maybe two nights there. So I feel like the best use of the voucher will be on Disney Cruise Line, um, you know, just given the given the cost there. You have a Disney voucher that can use for any Disney product? I have the Delta Vacations voucher. Oh, right, that I right, can, right, right. Yeah, right. so that I can use for basically yeah. anything they can book. So not just Disney, but what was that like? Two thousand nineteen well. that that deal. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was right. It was the fall of two thousand nineteen. I think uh, certainly before COVID. Yeah. Hey, Delta Vacations. What they can do now that they weren't able to do a year or two ago is they can book hotel only. Because I remember when I was trying to use my voucher from twenty nineteen, I had the issue where I had to. You know, I was trying to like find a Delta flight to go along with things. Now that they can do hotel only, um, it's really awesome. One last thing on the old ships is because the wish is the new hotness or whatever. You know, I was trying to help. It didn't. It didn't end up working out. But I was trying to help a big group, like a group of eight cabins, to book. And so I was contacting my people at Disney, um, my travel agent people at Disney, and they were offering twenty five percent off uh, for a group of like eight or more. Um, stateroom. So, you know, if you have a big group, uh, you can definitely get these group things. Now, obviously you can contact me if you need help with that, but that is, you know, it's going to get cheaper, these older ships. Um, so yeah, Sean, if you can find eight people, then, uh, you can do even better. He's like meet up on the Disney cruise, eight eight people (laughs) willing to drop five grand on a Disney cruise. Uh, there you go. (laughs) No, 25% off. Okay. So it's only, so it's only going to be four grand deal. I'll I'll get to work. Yeah. There you go. Deal at half the price. Or twice the price. All right. So, yeah, that's. I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad you had a great experience in Alaska. Good to know a little bit more about Disney Cruise Line and uh, that it was worth it given the added premium and things like that. And, uh, yeah, we love to hear from you guys out there. Tell us what you would like better, Alaska or Vancouver. I think uh, it would be get, interesting to see people's votes. answers. I'm going to get 10%. <laughs> oh, you'll get some votes for sure. <laughs> I'm never surprised. You, you definitely uh, you have a different way of thinking that – there's definitely other people that subscribe to, so nothing wrong. Vancouver's with Alaska that. Light with a city. There you go. <laughs> Alaska Light. Well, that's we did the cruise with our friend PDX Steel's guy who's from the Pacific Northwest, and that's one of the things he said quite often was the scenery is very similar to that whole area of the Pacific Northwest. So it's not, you know, when it comes to a lot of the the sort of the scenery and the mountains and the trees and all that, it's pretty similar. So I could I could definitely see that. All right, that's going to do it for this week's show. Joe, where can people find you when they're not listening to this fine podcast? You can find me at As Joe Flies, all of our social media. If you're looking to book something Disney related, you can email me, Joseph Chung at travelmation with an M.net. What about you, Mark? Horrible name. Should be Travel Nation. Every time he has to say it. <laughs> yep. Everybody's always like, Did you mean to put an N in there? No, I didn't. It's a Mation. <laughs> It's because of Disney. I get it. But uh, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Detroit Mark. Email me, Mark at milestonememories.com or join our Facebook groups. Comment on the website, milestonememories.com, and I'll get back to you there. How about you, Sean? Yeah, you can find all of our post-podcast videos at milestonememories.com, as you said there. And uh, for our YouTube content, youtube.com forward slash miles to memories we are at miles to memories all over social media and then finally for this podcast if you want to subscribe you can subscribe in any podcast app 
or find links to subscribe, links for cards to support the show, everything at mtmpodcast.com. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you next time. See ya. See ya. I did want to ask you one more question about Disney Cruise Line since we're on the subject. And uh, hold on. Oh. Got a Charlie horse in my leg. It's weird. I, was I thought you were weird. farting. Like, no. No, that's my chair. Uh, it makes noise. Hold but. on. No, no I, like flex, I flexed my calf. It was the face you were. Yeah. The lawn, oh, was it that bad? The, the, the lawnmower <laughs> guy has a fart attachment to his blower. Yeah. No, I was like flexing my calf, and then all of a sudden like I got like a Charlie horse there.